This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's time for a one-of-a-kind poker party. Poker Night in America is streaming live from Studio 52 in Las Vegas. Join us nightly at 8 p.m. Eastern Time as some of the biggest names in poker play in the ultimate house game. Watch on the Poker Night in America channel on YouTube and Twitch or go to PokerNight.com. Poker Night in America is back and ready to party. Well, this is Betting Weekly Extra Time World Cup Edition. We are down to the last four. The handle on each game gets bigger and the futures market continues to be shaken up. We've got a new favourite for the World Cup 2022 uh, after four quarterfinals proved to be, on the whole, I suspect one for the bookmakers rather than the betters. Here to make sense of the current market situation and to look ahead to the semi-finals, regular Bet Rivers handicappers Steve Wiss, Alan Feeney and James Easton. Let's get some... Uh, takes from the quarterfinals. Steve, uh, only one winning favourite in the 90. Uh, that was France. Obviously, surprises with Brazil, the pre-tournament favourites getting knocked out. What were your takeaways from the last four fixtures? I, I think what's really um, struck me out here, the final four teams that have made the semi-finals are very much um, quite a, a strong unit together at the moment. Certainly in the case of uh, Morocco, Croatia, and France and um you know you look at all four and you think neither of them are really amazing even even France who let's face it are missing six of their starters right now um so don't underestimate the the, the value of team spirit and tactics and things like that i was stunned by a couple of results the brazil i thought brazil would be way too strong for croatia i must say and logically it felt like it was probably going to be the end of the road for morocco but they did play some remarkable football and, and you're right I think it would have been a very good quarterfinals for the books because um of the one favorite France weren't especially backed heavily were they it certainly was interesting over the last few days to watch all the action unfold um Alan England but I'll come to the Irishman for this one Alan hmm. England found a, a new way to lose via a penalty didn't they I mean at, at stretches of the game they were better than France they were second favorites France were the favorites to win that game they didn't seem too much in for that it, it's is it another one that's got away from England do you think yeah, I think so. I mean, it was quite surreal for me seeing Harry Kane taking a penalty against Hugo Lloris, obviously club teammates. Um, I don't think that he practices penalties against them. I think he normally practices penalties against the second or third choice keeper at Spurs. That's what I heard. But it still was quite weird to see two men kind of facing off in such a huge and pivotal moment in their careers in such a high-pressure moment as well. Um, and I was quite surprised to see Harry miss the second penalty because he's someone I always put money on um, when he's thrown goal or when he's at the penalty spot. So it was disappointing for him to not just miss the penalty, but to blaze it over the bar. I thought it was quite a sad moment because he's possibly career-defining, you could say. Um, but yeah, I think England were good. They weren't um, as fearful as they have been in previous years. They weren't as conservative. They were taking the game to France. They were bettering them in many moments. Um, but ultimately, France just had more quality in the key 
uh, areas, I think, you know. Uh, obviously, Olivier Giroud scoring that second goal. Aurelien Chomeny scoring a superb goal from outside the box. Um, and, yeah, England just didn't have enough to break them down in the end. Um, but I think there's a lot that can be taken from it for England's perspective. I think it was a, a good performance throughout the tournament. Um, they were just unlucky to lose a very, very close match against a very good team. But I agree with what Steve was saying. I think that it's quite tight. In the final four teams we have here, um, they're all quite cohesive and collective groups. And while you would say France are the outright favourite based on previous histories, I think it's very difficult to call a winner. So, yeah, looking forward to breaking it down with you guys for the rest of the afternoon. Any bad beats for punters, for betters, James, do you think, over the course of the last four? We had two penalty shootouts as well. I don't think there's that many betters who'll go into a quarterfinal bet thinking I'm going to play one team or other to, to win on penalties here. What were your takeaways mm. from the quarterfinals? Like Steve, I, I was surprised by Brazil. I thought they'd win that game against Croatia. I, I don't like this Croatia team. I know we're supposed to like underdogs and all that. I don't like watching them. And um, I think it's a missed opportunity for Brazil. They had enough quality um, on paper to win that game. So I was surprised by the struggles that they had. I know Croatia have been dogged and all the rest of it, but they should, I think they should have won that. And I, I think also for England, I think it was a massive missed opportunity. Um, being in England, listening to the commentary, the one thing that surprised me was how little focus was put on just how under strength this France team is. I cannot think of a team that have got to the semi-finals of a World Cup in recent memory with this many players who would be in the starting 11 out. I think it's exceptional. And I think that England should have capitalised on that more. Um, it's, it's not quite a B team, but it's half a B team. And they've thrown it together in areas. And so I think from France's perspective, the fact that they were able to match England for some of the game, you could say, you could argue all of the game, maybe should have been a draw, is, is quite an achievement. I think England will rue it when they look back. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my two main takeaways, really. France, I think, are are doing pretty well given their circumstances going into the tournament with the players they've had missing, without being amazing, but we never really expected them to be, given it is a bit of a scratch team. And I think Brazil, yeah, for me, um, if I'd been betting on these quarterfinals, I'd be, I'd be very disappointed in how they played. With that in mind, then, as we look at the outright prices for Bet Rivers here, France plus 107 favourites, Argentina plus 160, Croatia plus 800, Morocco plus 950, James. Are, are, are France mm. the wrong price here? Are they too short at 107? Um, yeah, possibly. I think so. Um, I mean, I actually think they'll beat Morocco. I don't think they'll. I actually think they might win it quite easily, actually. I think they've got the potential to do that for various reasons in this particular match. But yeah, I would say they probably are. They probably are, you know, if they get to the final, that'll be a difficult game, whoever they face. Um, I just, I've always felt that some stage they will come unstuck because there are so many first choice players missing. Maybe the game where they did come unstuck was the England game and, and they kind of got away with it. So perhaps that's what's, you know, what's, what's already happened. But yeah, they're obviously still strong. You know, we know they've got amazing quality individually in certain areas of the pitch, particularly up front. But, you know, it, it's, it's so far below what should be their starting eleven. As I said, I've never really seen a team get this far with five or six players missing. It's, it's quite an achievement. So arguably, yes, arguably on the outright market, they are a little bit too short. 
107 France, Argentina plus 160, as we mentioned. Where's the value? If you had a lean here, we've not got outright picks for this show. We're just doing semi-final selections. But Alan, if you had a lean here, if someone gave you a free bet, what would it be to, to win the World Cup then at these prices? France, 107, Argentina plus 160, Croatia plus 800, Morocco plus 950. Where would your money be going? Well, I think Morocco would be a great story for sure. I mean, we've seen the link of them being the kind of, you know, the, the most successful African team, African team in Morocco history, obviously an Arab nation as well, the kind of backing of support they've gotten for the tournament has been quite something because obviously in other games, the atmosphere has been quite poor. Um, but my money is on, and has always been on Argentina. I said at the start of the tournament, they're who I pick. My pick is basically to win the tournament. Um, I just think that they have something about them in this tournament. They aren't the best team. They don't have the best players, but they have a narrative. They have a unity, as Steve was mentioning earlier, um, and they have the best player, quite simply, you know, and a player who's in a sense of immediacy and urgency that's almost unparalleled in, in modern football because I think Lionel Messi realises that this is his last opportunity to win a World Cup. By the time 2026 comes around, he'll be pushing 40. Um, and I think that he really wants to take the chance and for the first time, probably his entire career, he has a band of characters around him who are servicing him and playing to his strengths. Um, so for that reason, yeah, my money is in Argentina. Uh, Steve, a lot of the Bet Rivers handicappers tips Argentina at the start of the World Cup. Would you have that same bet now, given the price of 160? I look at some of their results and, and how they've won games, and they've not won every single game, obviously. And I, I think they're too short, even though they're a winner in my book. I mean, how do you assess it now? Yeah, if you were to give me a free bet right now, it would be on them. Um, they, they, they were my one of my outright picks on the outright show. They haven't convinced me in this World Cup. Let's be honest. They have they really played that well in any game? Um, but it's not always about that, is it? There is that unity. There's that warrior spirit in the in their ranks. They've got Messi, who's come up with some big moments. For me, he is the MVP of this tournament so far. Um, he's been so good for his team. And, um, yeah, I think at the moment they probably would be the team I'd want to be on still. Like I say, I'm not amazed by them at all, but they're finding ways to get results, to get in a, a decision here or there as well, which is helping. Uh, that's the way it goes in World Cup sometimes. I think Croatia is not going to be an easy matchup for them. It might not be a match they even win in 90 minutes, but I think they'll find a way to do it. And, and France... I think France are gettable. They really are. They haven't kept a clean sheet yet. So, yeah, I would go with Argentina right now. But, um, you know, you could make a case probably for all four, really, at some stage. It's not really the, the final four that most people expected, let's just say that. Semi-finals coming up then, Tuesday and Wednesday. Just one or two stats to conjure with here. Last four editions of the World Cup, we've had four winning favourites Um from the matches played, eight games played. Uh, two of, the, those eight, uh, of those eight um, were overs, so six unders, and both teams to score three of eight. Only one favourite was minus money, incidentally, which I guess you'd expect, given the fact that it is the last four of the World Cup. We don't get too many short price barriers. But we have, of course, for this edition with Argentina and, of course, France, short price favourites for their respective semi-finals. But they tend to be tight, tend to be unders. Uh, we obviously see penalty shootouts. So we'll see what the boys have uh, come up with when it comes to picks for the semi-finals. Argentina-Croatia Sunday first up. Um, and given that unders theme, we're going to go with James Thoughts and selection first up. Argentina run minus 130. 
Croatia plus 475, draw plus 240. These prices could change. We're recording on Sunday morning. Obviously, the game is, uh, is Tuesday. So, so keep your eye on all the Bet Rivers uh, prices and markets for that uh, point. Um, James, um, give us your thoughts on the, on the game and, and your selection here. Yes, the Argentina-Croatia game. I've gone on under two goals here, Dan, which is wow, minus 105, something like that. The price has changed a little bit um, overnight, as you'd expect, and will continue to change, but it will be around that level. And yeah, I think those historic stats um, are useful, uh, not always useful in league football, uh, historic stats, but I think with a World Cup, there's obviously similarities from one tournament to the next with regard to the the occasion, what it means to the teams and how they might play. And my main thinking on these two teams for this bet, Dan, was really on Croatia. I don't think they've got a great deal of quality in the final third. And I think they know that. I think if you look at the games they've played in this tournament, I've not been impressed by them on the ball in the opposition half particularly. Um, and if you look at their stats, they've not they've not won many of those games. And their expected goals in most of their games has actually been very low. They, they had a big win uh, on the expected goals market um, against uh, Canada in the group stage. But apart from that, they've been struggling um, under one expected goal a game in three of their other four matches. So I think if you are Croatia, you're going into this game, you know you're facing a good team, probably a better team. And you know where your strengths have, have, have been so far in the tournament. I don't see an alternative to trying to be quite defensive and trying to frustrate uh, Argentina uh, for as long as you possibly can. So I think that will be the approach they take. I think that would make sense. And really, with this bet, under two goals, well, if there are exactly two goals in the game, you'll get your, your stakes back. So in a sense, it's a bet on there not being three goals in 90 minutes. Will there be three goals in 90 minutes in a World Cup semi-final involving this Croatia team, I'm not sure there will. So it might be one of those bets where you get your stakes back. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. And I think you've got a fair run for your money with this selection on the game, having either zero goals or one goal. So that's my thinking on it, really. The onus, I, I believe, will be on Argentina to try to dictate how this game goes and break them down. Well, one final thing I should just say, Dan, on this. I suppose an unknown is the impact of the extra time and the penalties uh, that Croatia have had uh, because they've had that in both of their knockout games. So they're going into this with two games of 120 minutes and penalties and they do have a fairly settled starting 11. Um, so there's a lot of players who will be starting this game who will be probably more tired than some of the other players taking part in these semifinals. That could be a factor. Don't know how it would change them tactically. I don't really think it would change their approach, but maybe we might see a little bit more uh, disorganisation creep into the play from Croatia towards the end of the match, just through fatigue. We don't know. But I, I, yeah, I'm fairly confident that their approach will be to be quite difficult to break down and to, to ask Argentina to do that. And that's really why I think the unders is the pick here. OK, well, we've got three handicappers on the show today. So obviously we're going to have an alternative view. And Alan, you can provide that. What are you going for with your selection for Argentina, Croatia? Yeah, Dan, I'm going for Argentina to beat Croatia um, under 2.5 goals, which was plus 225 uh, the last time I checked. Um, I agree with a lot of what James has said. I think that Croatia are an interesting team because of the way they set up and the way they play. And I do think that the effect of getting here will inhibit them in some ways. I mean, you can't play 
you know, four hours of football in the space of a week and not be tired, especially when you're a team as old as Croatia. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting game. I think that Argentina, while on paper you'd say they're quite similar to Brazil, obviously South American giants are very different as well. Um, I think the Brazilians are more performance-based. They're more about the way they play and the way they operate on the pitch with the ball, whereas the Argentinians are more what they do off the ball. And I think that we've seen how aggressive they are. We've seen the character of some of the players in the squad, the likes of Leandro Paredes coming in, sparking uh, a mass brawl um, towards the end of the game, quite remarkably. Nicolas Otamendi gloating um, at the Netherlands players after they won the penalty shootout. I think that Argentina are going to you know, fight fire with fire. I think it's going to be a very aggressive game. There's going to be a lot of scraps with the likes of you know, Luka Modric, uh, Brozovic, um, players who are quite aggressive and quite scrappy in their own right. Um, I think there's not going to be much football played. It's going to be more of a war of attrition. Um, it's going to be low scoring for that reason, I think. Um, but I just think that Argentina have too much about them um, to not win this game. I think this is a step too far for Croatia. I think they've been not lucky, but you know, quite fortunate, as James alluded to, to get this far in the competition um, based on the level of performances. Um, so while I'd be reluctant to bet against them because I have a lot of respect for Croatians, Croatian football, it's obviously a very remarkable achievement for them to you know get to the stage twice in two tournaments, having a population of only 4 million people, which is less than Ireland, quite remarkably. Um, and in the Brazilian game, actually, there's more, there was a stat that I saw, that there's more registered footballers, professional footballers in Brazil than there is people in Croatia, which is quite crazy. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think to kind of, you know, make a long story short, I just think that's going to be an aggressive game, quite a scrappy game, not very high quality in terms of the football played. Um, I don't think there's going to be many goals, many chances, because while Croatia don't have a real elite striker, neither do Argentina, really. I mean, Julian Alvarez is good, but he's quite young. Lautaro is at a port tournament and Messi's playing deeper. So I can see it being 1-2-0 or two nil to Argentina. And I think it's going to be Lionel Messi to deliver the goals. So, yeah, that's not going for Argentina to win, but under 2.5 goals. And I think we'll be settled in 90 minutes too. Uh, and uh, another uh, view, another selection uh, from uh, Steve. We're going away from the match markets here. Steve, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'm going into the um, the player shot market. Um, Ivan Perisic to have over one and a half shots. Now, this is settled using Opta data, and it can enter murky waters here because Opta have, I think, done me out of a couple of winners in this tournament, to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, it, a lot is... You have to define what is a shot, and sometimes it is obvious, but there are occasions where <clears throat> you know there's a disagreement with with opinions. But the thing with Perisic, officially, he had one shot against Morocco in the first match, which was a drab nil nil. Since then, he has had at least two official shots in every single game. So, I think at plus one twenty, Ivan Perisic to have. Over one and a half shots is quite a good price because I think Croatia are going to play quite a lot of this match on the break. And I think they'll be chancing their arm a little bit. And he's the sort of guy who will do that. He, he, he fired in four attempts versus Japan and scored a great header. Three shots against Brazil. He's the equal record World Cup scorer for Croatia. He'll want to break that record. He's good in the air. And we saw against the Netherlands that the um, the Argentinians can sometimes struggle with a bit of a physical being up there. So I think over the course of this match, he can certainly at least try to score twice. It might be horrific efforts for all I care. 
but hmm. he can have two shots. I don't even need any of them on target here, Dan. So um, hopefully he will, you know, get his eye up there and fancy his chances from distance or even from anything in the area. So I think I just think the price is big and the line seems a bit wrong for someone who has been looking to try and score in this tournament. Yeah, just okay. one thing to add there, Dan, on, on that pick. Yeah. It's a great pick. You know, think about Perisic as well. Is he's such an amazing tournament player, isn't he? You've seen that down the years. And I saw a tweet from, I think it was Michael Cox at The Athletic um, the other day, just about if you'd only watched tournaments over the last decade or so, you'd think Perisic was, you know, one of the world's top players. So he's one of those players that we saw at the last World Cup final, didn't we? He is capable of peaking in a game like this rather than freezing in a game like this. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great shout on um, on, a, on a player bet for the, for the last four. I think also, yeah. build on the Perisic uh, points, Argentina's right side is quite weak because you have like either Nahuel Malina or Gonzalo Montiel at right back. Both are playing in Spain. Um, the former plays for Atletico, the other plays for Sevilla. And neither of them are a World Cup winning right back. It's quite remarkable that they're in the squad. It's just due to a positional fallibility, you could say. I know that Molina scored in the last game and Montiel converted his penalty. But I really do think that somebody with the physicality and the speed and the uh, clinical ability of Perisic could do quite well down the left side against those two right players. And especially if Angel Di Maria starts because they'll be even weaker on the right side defensively. So, yeah, that's definitely a good pick from Steve. Yeah, I must admit, I know that the Spanish press seems to be quite down on Molina. He had a, a good season, didn't he, at uh, Udinese before moving to uh, Atleti. But anyway, we move on. And obviously, Perisic plays further forward than he does uh, for Spurs. Let's get into France-Morocco, which is the Wednesday uh, fixture. Uh, Alan, you can go first here because you're booking the trend with at least part of your pick here. I'll just rattle through the current prices. France, very short, minus 205. Morocco, plus 700. Draw plus three, two, five. Alan, what's your assessment and selection for this one? Yeah, to find a bit of value, I went for France to be Morocco under 2.5 again. So I then go back to my Argentinian uh, pick. It was uh, plus uh, 195 the last time I checked. Um, this is a really interesting game. I've been really impressed by Morocco. I actually backed Morocco to do something against Spain before that round 16 game. Um, I didn't put it down in writing anywhere, so I couldn't gloat about it afterwards, but I did say to some <laughs> friends on a podcast that I, I fancied Morocco to <laughs> at least cause problems for Spain. Um, but I didn't expect them to do that and then knock out uh, Portugal. Quite remarkable. Um, and, you know, if they complete the triumvirate of colonizers, European colonizers, it would be even more remarkable. But I just think it's a step too far. I think they're in rarefied air now. They've gotten where no African side has gotten. Um, it's a very interesting dynamic, obviously, from a political standpoint, from a cultural standpoint, seeing play France in the semi-final. But I just think that France have too much attacking quality um, to give it up and too much defensive quality too. I mean, I know they've not conceded, uh, not kept a clean sheet so far this tournament, but they do have some good, very good players in defence um, and in midfield fundamentally. You know, Aurelien Chaumeni, I think, is a, a really, really good midfielder, really composed and clinical. Adrian Habio is also performing much better for um, France than he has done over the last five or six years at club level or international level. So I do think that they'll be able to control the game with a bit more confidence than Portugal were able to because um, the midfielders are a step above. And also, I think that, you know, instead of Cristiano Ronaldo, they have Olivier Giroud. And as crazy as it sounds, that's a much better thing and the World Cup 2022. Um, so, yeah, I just think that Mbappe down the left side, Dembele down the right, 
Um, is Giroud leading through the middle? Even though France are missing five or six players, I think they have too much quality to um, to come unstuck against Morocco. And I think that if Morocco were to beat France and make it to the final, it would probably be one of the biggest shocks and upsets we've ever seen in uh, in football. But um, So while that would be great to happen, great to see, I just think France would have too much. That's why I'm going to go, go for them to win at only 2.5. Uh, James, you are going with the, the current French trend of, of goals in their games for this semi-final. Yes, France-Morocco. I've gone plus 2.25 goals, which is available at 100, so evens at the moment. Um, I think that's a great pick. I think team news is a key factor here. We don't yet know who's going to start at centre-back for Morocco, but we do know that Aguerd missed the uh, quarter-final against Portugal. They actually did a little bit better than we thought without him. But Roman Saiz could be out as well for this game. So I have to wait and see on that. But I think if both of them are out, I think they're in big trouble at the back here, Morocco. I really do, because it would be an inexperienced partnership starting at centre-back. One of the players who we think will come in if they're both out is Dari, who Steve and I know from our League One show, plays for Brest. I have not been impressed with him at all in League One. He's been in and out of that team, hasn't he? And not really... He's got a, a mistake in him if he plays for 90 minutes in League One. So I think if he plays, and I think he'll play only if Saïs is out as well, I, I think they're in big trouble at the back. Um, so that's part of my thinking. Another factor on this game, I think we'll see Mbappe come in, in field a lot more in this match. So he's up against his best mates here, Hakimi, um, mm. certainly his best mates at PSG. We never see them apart when they're not on the pitch, getting off the team coach together. And all the rest of it. But I think, you know, against England in the early stages of that match, we did see Mbappe come in off that wing and and cause problems. And it was a slight factor in Tramini's opening goal, actually, him cutting across the pitch. And I think if Morocco, as we think, do have problems at centre-back with at least one or maybe two of their players missing, I think Mbappe coming in field and getting alongside Giroud, who will occupy them physically will give Mbappe scoring opportunities in central areas. I think that France will be looking at that very closely as a way to play this game. Um, And and another thing, I think Griezmann will give this midfield of Morocco, which is getting a lot of praise, I think he'll give them tactically more problems than they've had so far. Because tactically, I think he's been the most interesting player at this World Cup as Antoine Griezmann, almost playing as a centre midfielder in a three. But he's very good at picking those spots Uh, in space to collect the ball and feed the the three players ahead of him. So, yeah, I think the team news for Morocco in defence makes what is already a very good France attack potentially even more dangerous here, which is why I'm leaning towards the over goals. And at the back, well, you know, they've yet to keep a clean sheet at this World Cup, as Steve has said. We we flagged up going into the World Cup that um, I think it was the Group D show we did that France were going to struggle at the back. The fullbacks, obviously the right back, Jules Kunde, is not a right back. And I think he will have problems against Sofiane Bouffal if that is the matchup. I think Theo Hernandez will have problems on the on the other side, as he did against England. Um, if it is Ziyech, even Ab- Abukal, who came on as a sub, I've, I've been really impressed with him at times at Toulouse uh, this season. So I think if... If Morocco find themselves needing to chase this game to get back into it, as I think they will at some stage, because I, I, I fancy France to be very good in attack, then I think they've actually got a few weapons there that can cause France problems. And I, I don't fancy France, to be honest, to keep a clean sheet against anybody <laughs> right now because I just don't trust that back four. So, yeah, looking at all of those factors, um, yeah, I, I like the overs bet here. And I think over 2.25 goals at evens rather than over 2.5, I was, I was happy to take. I know... 
as you've said, Dan, uh, semi-finals tend to be low scoring. But I do feel that the French strength of this World Cup by a long way is their attack over their defence. And I think over the 90 minutes against potentially a much weakened Morocco back four, I think that's, that's how the game will play out. Uh, both teams to score, incidentally, is plus 140. Um, just on clean sheets for France, or lack thereof, it brings us nicely to Steve's selection for this one. Steve? Yeah, well, my pick for the game is is Tunisia to have over two and a half shots on target, Dan. And or Morocco, that is an... Sorry, Mor- Tunisia. <laughs> I'm getting mixed up. something, I was confused. Tunisia did have over two and a half shots on target against against France in their final group game. Yeah, Morocco over two and a half shots on target. And this isn't because I think Morocco are going to do that well in the game. I think it's the end of the road for them. Logically, I don't see how they get really close to France which means they're going to have to attack a little bit more. If they're going to get anything out of this game, they're going to have to lean on their offence, which isn't as bad as some people think. They, um, I think only Costa Rica have had less possession in the tournament overall. It might even be a, a change of statistics. They might have the worst possession now after the match against Portugal. But uh, they do, in terms of shots, it's quality over quantity for them. This, is, this line has hit for them in three of their last four games you can guarantee that they'll probably get a free kick at some point, which will be probably end up on target alone. So that's probably one attempt, but they're going to have to go for this against a French team. And I look at this defense, this skeletal defense for France. And I'm, I'm just, how have they got this far with so many players missing in it? The, you know, you're right. Kunde is a makeshift um, right back. And, and the rest of the line just doesn't look strong. And, I could see Morocco netting in this game, to be honest, at some point. They're going to have to go for it. France conceded um, plenty of shots on target against England. Tunisia, as aforementioned, had three shots on target against them. And it was the same against Poland as well. And Poland, if you think back, they did have some moments. Certainly at nil-nil, Lloris made a big save. There was a goal line clearance. Mm. I just think Tunisia here, they're going to have to be on the more, more offensive than normal because they will, like James said, I think they will be chasing the game at certain stages, which should, in theory, lead to more shots from them, hopefully on target. They've got enough quality like Ziyech um, and, and, and both fullbacks as well, I think, are capable of um, good technical quality. quality. And um, I think they can test Larice at least three times. This is plus money bet again, Dan. So um, I think it's a good price. I like the odds. I think... I wouldn't want to put anyone off betting on France on a minus one Asian handicap here as well, to be honest. I think France 2-0, 3-0 could be possible. But again, do you trust the defence? Morocco, I don't think, will go without a fight. So as long as they can find three shots on target for me in this match, Dan, again, you potentially relying a little bit on Opta. Less so in these circumstances, a shot on target is a shot on target. Um, but I think they're going to have to be going down swinging a bit more here. So um, I think they can get the job done for me. And also, as well as Hakimi and Mbappe being best buddies, um, and Naziri and Kunde were very good friends in Sevilla as well. Very, very good friends. So obviously they're facing up against each other positionally as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kunde has given a bit of information to the centre-backs about you know Naziri's habits and what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do, how he doesn't like to be defended against. And also, I just don't think that Morocco have enough about them to score in this game, to be honest with you. That's why I've gone for only 2.5, because I just think that it could be 1 or 2 nil to France. I just don't think that Morocco have enough attacking talents. And Naziri isn't good enough to make a difference at this level of football, in my opinion. Um, aside from a goalkeeping error, like it was from Diego Costa yesterday for Portugal. So, yeah, that's why I'm 
backing that. But I think the Kunde and Nizjeri factor could be interesting as well. Just, oh, just to follow up there, Dan. On sorry, yeah. Dan. On on That's what right. Steve said, I think in the Morocco camp, one thing they should and probably will be looking at very closely is some of those challenges France made against England. You know, giving away two penalties is very rare in a World Cup match, and they did it because individually they're making so many mistakes. The Theo Hernandez challenge was obviously ridiculous, and it could have been a third, obviously with other questionable challenges. So we are seeing France players make the sort of rash challenges you make when you're just not that secure as a unit across the back. Now, I think Buffal is a key factor in that because yeah, we all know he's a frustrating player and he's an inconsistent player. He could, he could disappear, but he is also a player that draws an enormous number of challenges from players. Um, so if you're in the Morocco camp, you will be looking to get free kicks in and around that box because you know you can draw them from the type of uh, defending that we're getting from France at the moment. So that's one thing I'd look out for. I wouldn't even be massively surprised if Morocco actually got a penalty in this game. If they can get the ball in the area often enough, they'll look to draw those fouls because there's there's not... I mean, Varane is obviously, you know, has been a great defender for many years, but there's not really a member of that back four at the moment that I would hang my hat on to win his individual battle in this match. They might do over the 90 minutes, I suppose, but... There's a mistake, I think, individually in all of them. And I think for Morocco, that's that's something they really need to play on because England showed you, you can draw those mistakes out of this France team at the moment. Uh, plus 900 Morocco to be awarded a penalty if you fancy a flutter on that on the Bet Rivers website. Uh, right, we've uh, rolled on for over half an hour here. So I'm just going to get your thoughts on, on just one or two other uh, markets, outright markets for those that, that want to get involved in this type of thing. I'm going to rattle through some prices and then I'll get all uh, also your three thoughts on on any of the ones that I've, I've talked about. It's up to you. So top goal score at the moment. We know that uh, Mbappe's got five. He's minus two forty. Messi and Giroud on four plus three hundred plus seven hundred. Player of the tournament Mbappe plus one ten at the moment. The favourite Messi plus one thirty. Uh, we know obviously that those are the main two guys. But Modric is plus fifteen hundred. Ziyech plus six thousand. And Golden Glove. Uh, which is, again, not just based on clean sheets. Lavakovic plus 180, Benu plus 200, Martinez plus 300, and Loris plus 500, the four keepers who, of course, will play for the semi-finalists. So I, I don't know if there's any of those three markets, any of those picks that I've mentioned. Alan, we'll go with you first, that, that stand out, or have you got an opinion on any of those markets? I think top scorer is one that interests me a lot. I think, you know, Kylian Mbappe generated 0.00 XG last night. Apparently, um, you know, for me, Lionel Messi, as I said before the tournament, is my pick for the golden boot just because he seems to be tuned in to this tournament like he never has been before. We saw, obviously, his conversations in the Argentine media after the game, you know, basically sparking a fight with some Dutch player walking past him in the after doing an interview, you know, saying, what are you looking at, you clown? What are you looking at? Go walk away coming over and sparking fights with Edgar Davids, you know, a former Barcelona colleague, and Louis van Gaal um, immediately after the game uh, as well, which was quite remarkable, quite aggressive. We've never seen Messi this confrontational. Um, I said in that preview show we did in London um, back before the tournament began that when the ball falls to Messi in zone 14, there's nobody we want more in that position. And he's proven it several times this tournament already. That When the ball is in front of the box, he's going to put it in the back of the net. Um, and also he's on penalties for Argentina and they've been getting quite a few of them. So for that reason, I think that Messi was my pick for the golden boot and he's continuing to be my pick for the golden boot because I just think that um, that's where the, the chips are falling. And I think that Mbappe, while he's obviously in the conversation too, as is Giroud, um, 
just can't keep pace with Messi in this regard because I just think that he's of such importance to Argentina in a way that neither Mbappe nor uh, Giroud are to France. Uh, Steve, anything of those other outrights that catch your eye? Well, I look at the Golden Glove and I think Bono. I, I, I'd i be very surprised if FIFA don't give one of their players an award from this tournament considering how they've played. So I think it would take Livakovic to basically win another penalty shootout for him to get mm. that award now. I think Bono's... I mean, look at the clean sheets they've, they've, they've picked up as well. I think... It would be, he probably has been the best goalkeeper overall if you look at the matches as a whole. So I would look at him. Um, and I think, I think Messi will win the golden ball as we discussed on the previous show and the golden boot. I think Mbappe is probably just a bit too good to be kept quiet over two more games, isn't he? So I think yeah. I would, I get where Alan's coming from there. Messi could certainly give him a good a run for his money, but I think Mbappe is probably a bit too clear there. Uh, but yeah, Bono, I like him there and it would be a beautiful day, wouldn't it? Very good. I thank Sorry. you, James. <laughs> Love that. Um, on the golden ball, um, <laughs> Steve, Steve knows from our League One show. I love favourites. I quite like the idea of splitting my stakes here across Mbappe and Messi because they're both odds against. So um, I mean, you won't win very much. But Mbappe's at plus one hundred and ten to win the golden ball, and Messi's plus one hundred and thirty. I mean, one of them is very likely to win it, you could say. So if you split your stakes, you'll make a profit as long as one of them does. Um, That would be my thinking on that market. An alternative on that market, Dan, I quite like. If you fancy Croatia in any sort of way to get through this semi-final, you might consider, rather than backing them to win the game against Argentina, you might consider backing Modric to win the golden ball at plus 1,500 because they do get through and they're in the final. All of a sudden, he's quite quite a good... um, it's quite a good bet to win that golden ball. So, yeah, that's one other option that you have uh, with the golden ball winner. But, yeah, as I say, I prefer the favourites really in this market. So I think, yeah, splitting your stakes across Mbappe and Messi, Messi is, is fairly close at the moment, I would say, to a, a dead cert winner. I mean, there's no yeah. such thing, right? But it's fairly close, I think. Yeah, I th- tend to think that the, the, the sponsors and those that, that pick these things, they will be desperate to give it to one of those yeah. two, it's unlikely to go outside. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, right, that wraps it up. Let's just um, remind everyone of the official selections uh, for the semi-finals. James picks, you can see there, Argentina against Croatia. We like under two goals at around about minus 108. And France-Morocco, we're going to go over 2.25 at around about minus 103. Obviously, these prices can change, probably will change ahead of the fixtures getting underway. Steve, Argentina, Croatia, we like Perisic over one and a half shots. And again, uh, we are looking at one of the uh, side markets here, the prop markets, France, Morocco, Morocco over two and a half shots. And Alan likes Argentina against Croatia, the Argentines to win under two and a half at plus 225. That's the biggest price we've got for all our tipsters uh, selections. And France, Morocco, France to win under two and a half minus, uh, sorry, plus 195. Again, good plus money there for Alan's selections. That wraps up the semi-final show. Good luck to everyone. Good luck to all of our handicappers. Obviously, plenty uh, more content still to come. Nigel is still out in Qatar. Why didn't want to come on the show? I've got no idea. Only he will know. I suspect that he's having too good a time over there, but I reckon he'll be back uh, for the final. Stay across all of Alan's shenanigans in Qatar and all of our shows and all of the selections. Uh, you can do that by following at Because We Win. Many thanks to Steve and, and to James. For myself, Dan Roberts. Goodbye. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Extra Time on the Bet Rivers Network.